The following program is a presentation of Grand Slam Ministries. It is that time of week again. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dan Scott Show. This is episode 43, and as you just heard, as always, we are presented by our 501c3 nonprofit organization, Grand Slam Ministries. It is wonderful to have you with us for another week, and uh, you know what we try to do here. We, We have very simple goals for this show to... If you've had a good week, we don't want to mess it up. If maybe it's been a little bit of a rough week, perhaps we can provide you with a lift heading into this coming week and and work or whatever you have going on. And at the end of the day, maybe we'll learn something we did not know. But above and beyond anything and everything else, our goal here is to glorify God and tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ and his amazing redemptive saving grace because i've experienced it many of you out there have experienced it that is the overriding goal of each and every one of these programs to share christ our guest today is a young man with an incredible testimony jason lovins of the jason lovins band Uh, They are on the road probably 40 weekends a year doing praise and worship music. I met them at the Rick Gage crusade here in upstate South Carolina back in late April and early May. And the, the testimony this young man has is amazing because had it not been for a difficult decision his mother made over 40 years ago, he wouldn't be here. And we're going to get in to that and how that flies in the face of a lot of what's going on culturally right now in the next segment. I do want to remind you, however, that next week is when the show expands to the Life FM network. We'll be adding 23 radio stations to our family, and on the Life FM network, it'll actually be airing at 7 a.m. on Saturday mornings, And, of course, all of you will continue to carry the show in your regular Sunday time slots. But I'm telling you this as something of a heads up because you remember when we started the show back in January, the first thing I did was share my testimony uh, and and tell you, uh, the listeners, what God had done in my life and the path of destruction I was on before Jesus Christ came into my life and, and completely turned me around. We're going to do that again next week since we're introducing all of these new radio stations to the show we're going to share my testimony so people kind of get an idea of who this guy is and then the next two weeks we're going to have jay warner wallace and lee strobel as the guests two high profile former atheists who did investigations to try and find out if different aspects of christianity were true one Jay Warner Wallace from a uh, police detective criminal investigation standpoint, the other Lee Strobel from a journalistic standpoint, and they both came to the same conclusion that, yes, the resurrection is real, yes, Jesus Christ was real, and yes, I do need a Savior. 
So that's what the next three weeks of the show are going to look like when we add the Life FM next week. So I just wanted to give you a heads up on that. My testimony next week, Jay Warner Wallace in two weeks, Lee Strobel in three weeks. This week, however, it's Jason Lovins and his powerful testimony. We'll set that up and get into the interview when we come back. But first, a word about Grand Slam Ministries. Is there someone in your life who has been a spiritual mentor? An influence so great that you'd love to find a way to honor them? For a gift of $200 or more to Grand Slam Ministries, you can dedicate a segment of the Dan Scott Show to that very special person. Honor someone who is currently in your life or remember the legacy of a loved one who has passed. Make your gift online at grandslamministries.org and we will send you an information form which will allow you to tell us all about this special person, how and why they were a spiritual influence, their favorite Bible verses, and anything else that you would like to share. In doing so, you'll be covering our cost of one week's production, helping ensure the Dan Scott Show stays on air and continues to share stories of loved ones like yours. In addition, you'll get your own copy of the program in which your loved one's story airs, either by MP3 or CD. Help the legacy of your spiritual mentor reach others with your gift of $200 or more today. Do so online at grandslamministries.org. That's grandslamministries.org. Like what you hear? Have a question or comment? Maybe a guest suggestion? Drop us an email and let us know. Dan at danscottshow.org. And now, back to the Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. It is episode 43 of the Dan Scott Show. Thank you for joining us. Just a reminder, if you have missed anything that we have done over the first nine months or so of this brand new venture, you can find it all at danscottshow.org, our affiliates and archives page. You can find out everywhere the show is available live. You can go to the archives and get the podcast in order or reverse order, I guess, as they come. There's some bonus stuff there from my SoundCloud. And uh, if podcasting is your thing, you'd rather do that. Just go to your favorite podcast site and search Dan Scott Show. We are everywhere. You simply can't get away from us. We want to hear from you. Dan at danscottshow.org. It's important that we get feedback from you. And uh, whether it's good or bad, we want to know what you think about what we are doing here. Okay, as I mentioned, our guest today is Jason Lovins of the Jason Lovins Band. Now, it doesn't hurt that this guy is from West Virginia. In fact, he's from uh, Canova, West Virginia. And back in the early and mid-1980s playing American Legion baseball, I played uh, a lot of Legion ball uh, in that area. They were in our our same little uh, multi-team area group. So very familiar with the Cerrito and Canova areas of West Virginia. So, you know, immediately that gets on my radar. Well, number one, the guy is just fantastic when it comes to uh, his, his musical talent. The band is incredible. The testimony that he has, though, is why we're doing this interview. Because we know that there is a spiritual battle going on on many fronts out there today. 
and one of them is the abortion issue. And Christians take a lot of flack when we say that we are anti-abortion in all circumstances, including rape. That just flies in the face of so many people on the other side of the argument. And quite honestly, it's difficult even for some people in the Christian world to reconcile. But we believe that God has a plan for each and every life. Jason Lovins is here because his mother, who was raped at the age of 15, decided to keep the baby, Jason. It's a powerful story that you need to hear. We talked about at the beginning the fact that 20 years into his praise band gig, things are not slowing down at all. The past several years, we've averaged about 40 weeks a year on the road and and mostly weekends. You know, I always tell people that our wives still know us and like us for the most part. So we're, we're home a good bit, but, but we do go out on a lot of weekends and, and uh, we've been very blessed to, to get to do what we do. It's kind of like being a broadcaster uh, because that's what I do. I work mostly weekends until baseball season comes and, and then it's every day. But there are some points in time where my wife is happy to see me go out on the road yeah. for a weekend. So I'm sure you get that a little bit too. Oh, if I'm home for a couple of weeks, she's like, now, when do you go back out again? You know, <laughs> <laughs> when did you uh, fall in love with music? Oh man, I, I don't know that I remember a time where I didn't. Um, my grandma had a little gospel group and they traveled all around, you know, mostly regionally, but, but it was like we were in church every night and, um, to give you perspective, my mom actually played bass guitar in that gospel group, and my mom's water broke with me while they were in a church service one night singing, and um, and so that's and I actually have right behind me I have that bass guitar that my mom was playing that night, um, but so I don't ever remember not being around music and. I don't remember the time when I didn't love it. Um, I can remember being a little tiny kid sitting on the front row of the church, just waiting and hoping my grandma would call me up to sing with their group, you know? And I remember being so little, they would like put me up on the, on like the, the pulpit or anywhere, any kind of podium, you know, so everybody could see me. So I, I, I don't remember a time that I didn't, to be honest with you, which is, I never think about that until you ask me that. So that's kind of a cool thing. Hey, tell me that your mom finished the set, even after a water broke. She still finished the song. No, my grandma told me they, <laughs> my grandma, she stopped the song and said, her water's breaking, we're going to the hospital. So they just left. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we, as we say in the broadcast industry, bigger name on the other line, there was something more important that was, that was literally coming down the pike. Um, yeah. And when you hear my story, I think you you'll see too, that, you know, there was a lot of, um, I think everyone was on edge yeah. as is. And so when it was time for me to come, I, you know, it, it was kind of like, uh, all hands on deck, like, let's go do this. Right. You know? And, and, and that's the main reason that we've got you on the show. We're going to talk a lot about your music and what you do and want people to, to get to know the Jason Lovins band. But 
Jason Lovins would not be here had his mother decided not to have an abortion and yeah. more and more importantly decided not to have an abortion after being sexually assaulted when she was 15 years old and yeah. not knowing who the father was and in, in in the Christian world it's a difficult thing to stand up and say that you're against abortion of any kind for any reason and, and people will throw out, well, what about just this kind of thing? And, and yet here you yeah, are, you and here here you are, Jason, a, a living, shining example that what somebody meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah, and you do. You hear that a lot. And and, and I, I don't ever really get into any debate, debates about it because I don't have to because I just say, well, let me tell you about my life. Right. And, and then it allows people to see a real life example and 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 it just can change the story real quick well let's 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 go ahead and hop in hop into the story i mean your mom was 15 years old right she was she was 15 walking home from the pool one day and and she doesn't remember it and i remember when they explained that to me as a kid trying to process like well i understand this was a really terrible tragic thing like how do you not remember that you know and and i've had a lot of people tell me that when something and so traumatic like that happens that your mind can can block it out and and that's what happened my mom just didn't remember it and and my mom would tell you she was very naive for 15 so she didn't understand anything about babies she didn't know what was happening and my grandma always said you know she had four other kids she was chasing around and and she said your mom was my good kid and and she said i i just missed it and um and, and so finally one day my um my mom told my grandma, I'm sick. I need to go to the doctor. And, uh, and my, my grandma said, yeah, she's gained weight. We, we noticed that we should take her to the doctor and see what the doctor says. And, and so they did. And, and, uh, the doctor come out and said, well, she's pregnant. And I always tell people the best way I know to explain it is after the initial shock wore off, um, my grandma said, Hey, we're going to go to church and we're going to pray. And that's what they did. And, and um, you know, if you were to have heard her tell the story, she made it sound just so simple. And I understand that it couldn't have been that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just tell people, my grandma, she got it. She understood that God is so big that he was not surprised by me. And these things that we read in the Bible, that, that he formed me in my mother's womb, that he had plans for me, she believed it. And there was nothing that was going to shake that. And, um, and so it immediately went to, okay, we've got to really make some choices here. And, um, and my grandma told me, she said she had a lot of Christian people telling her now, Miss Lovins in the case of rape, you know, nobody would be upset with you if you allowed your 15 year old daughter to have an abortion. You don't know what that baby's going to be. I mean, all the things that you would hear the world say, and that even, you know, Christian people were telling her because, you know, we just, it is so hard for us to wrap our head around that. And, and I understand it is hard. And, um, but I just tell people, I am so thankful that I had a praying mama who, uh, wasn't listening to the world, you know, mm-hmm. and she was listening to the one who created the world. And it was that simple for her. And, um, so adoption, um, became the next conversation. That was the plan. 
And, you know, I, I've been lucky enough all these years to travel around and partner with a lot of local pregnancy care centers that are faith-based and just doing an incredible work. And, and those have become near and dear to my heart. And, and, and my mom and my grandma didn't have anything like that. And, um, thankfully I, I just tell people, you know, man, the Lord knew that, that my mom had a mom, um, who was walking so close to the Lord that she said, even in this dark Valley we're in, um, I know that God is there, that he's constant, that he doesn't change. And we're going to say, God, you're so great. And you have given us this blessing. And, and, um, and the plan was to bless somebody else. Um, that was the whole plan. Adoption was the deal. And um, I even know who my adopted family was going to be. I mean, my grandma had a younger brother. Uh, my grandma had 13 brothers and sisters, and my grandpa had 12. So big families. Um, but my grandma had a younger brother. Him and his wife couldn't have kids. And and I later found it out years later that, um, and I'm still very close to them, but um, they they were planning on taking me. That was the plan. And uh and then when my mom heard my heartbeat, um, it changed everything. And you hear all these pregnancy care centers that talk about how, you know, um, how important these ultrasound machines are and and the ones that can't afford them, how they wish they could. And and that's partly what we do with our nonprofit ministry, Jason Lovins Ministries, is we're we're gonna really dive in and try to help raise some money to to help them do that. But because it's so important because literally the statistics are staggering when the mother hears the heartbeat, it changes everything. And, um, and so when my mom heard my heartbeat, you know, thankfully she wasn't abortion minded. Um, but, um, adoption was the plan until that. And she told my grandma, Hey, I want to keep this baby. And I always tell people, I know that my 15 year old mama had no idea what she was getting into, <laughs> uh, but my grandma did. And she said, okay, if that's what you want to do, that's what we're going to do. And and so they chose to keep me. And my mom had me at 15 and turned 16 a couple months later. So she's 16 years older than I am. But um, that's the story, man. That's how it got started. And there's several things we could go from there. But but that's the that's the beginning. Yeah. And, and, and we probably are going to head down some of those rabbit trails. I, I want to kind of put this in, in, in context here. So so you were born in what year? Uh, 81. So you you were born in 1981. So we're, we're talking about still quite a different era than we're living in now. Yeah. And, and you're also from the same region of the country that I'm from the, the, the Appalachian region. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Are, are you the one of the guys that's from the Sarita Canova area or are you from Ashland? Yes. Yeah, I live in Ashland, but I'm from Canova. So originally. you're so you're from Canova, and and I'm from Williamson. So uh, I played a lot yeah. of a, played a lot of American Legion baseball uh, in and against uh, the CK Legion team back in the day. Yeah, man. So so we're talking about a region of the country and a still a time frame in in the late '70s and early '80s where there was a stigma for yeah. a young teenage girl being pregnant forget about whether it was through rape or not, just being pregnant overall, there would have been a stigma attached to that that would have made her life very, very difficult, I'm guessing, going to school with her friends, church, whatever the case may have been. Yeah, and and honestly, like, I I don't know a lot of those stories. Um, What I do know is I ended up going to the same high school that my mom went to, 
and I had teachers that had my mom Mm -hmm. and there are teachers that told me stories of like, they, this was way before there was daycare at the high school, you know? Um, but they have told stories of how I just talked to one the other day, Miss Hand. She, she said she remembers holding me as a, as a newborn, I guess during class. So my mom, they would let my mom bring me to class. I mean, I can't even imagine that. Um, so I think she had a community that, that really kind of rallied around. I, I assume be open with, I, you know, I, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Um, but I would, I know there was such a support system. Um, I mean, I had teachers that told me stories about having baby showers for my mom. And, and so there was a, a pretty incredible support system around them. And, and I would guess, um, they probably protected my mom mm-hmm. from a lot of that, you know. Um, but, but that, yeah, ju- but that just mean, sh- that just shows in, in hearing that to me that just shows that God had that hedge of protection around her from the very beginning. I so. Yeah, I really believe so. But I mean, you can imagine what the world was saying. You know, I mean, I tell people the world is so loud nowadays. But even then, I mean, I, I, like I said, my grandma told me multiple times that, you know, she had people pull her aside and say, Hey, I mean, what are you doing here? You know, you're going to ruin this girl's life and, and all the things that the world would say. And I, you know, I'm just thankful that my grandma was strong enough to say, no, no, this is, this is not how it's going to be. Sounds to me like your grandma was one tough cookie. Oh man. She, listen, you know where Dunlow, West Virginia is, Mm -hmm. Wayne County, West Virginia. Oh yeah. That's where she's from, man. That's my people. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 don't you don't survive in that area and not be strong. That's right. A, a lot a That's lot right. a lot of those areas in in uh, Appalachia. We're visiting with Jason Lovins on uh, this week's edition of the Dan Scott Show, talking about his story and and just the the incredible way that God had ordained his life from the very beginning, and uh, it, it's. It, it's marvelous to to be able to sit and talk now. And and I, I first met Jason back uh, in uh, late April, early May this year when uh, the the band was playing at the Rick Gage Crusade here in Liberty, South Carolina. And I was uh, on the publicity team for that crusade. That's how we got engaged, and uh, just blown away by the music, by the power of the the worship music they were putting together and and then heard the story and i got to tell you man there are a bunch of stories uh that came out of that crusade from from team members i've had uh, adrian dupre on the show wow. i've had i've had rick himself on the show i mean you you want wow. to, just to talk about a collection of of people that god has done amazing things in their lives there were several of them just inside that crusade yeah, very cool. Very cool. So uh, I was reading in your, your bio uh, and one of the stories that was done on you that your first memory was your mother's high school graduation. And it happened to be your third yeah, it yeah, happened to be your true. third birthday. Yeah, I, I had I found a picture years ago and, and I I remember thinking like, wait a minute, I remember this day because I remember the black and white hats flying in the air. And uh, like I said, I ended up going to that high school and we had a new gym at that time. But in the old gym, 
where they had the graduation, there was a big B up on the stage. And I vividly remember that. And, and, you know, the picture, the date was printed on the back and it was my third birthday. And I had to like, I kept, you know, you, you keep doing the math and it's like, wait a minute, that really was my third birthday. And uh, so I always tell people my earliest childhood memory is my mom's high school graduation. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Um, so you got your love of music from your grandmother, from your mom. How old were you when you actually started playing an instrument and and started actively participating in some of the things that would lead you into where you are now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, again, I, I don't remember ever not singing. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, as long as I could remember, they would get me up and sing with my grandma and and, you know, we'd have a few of our songs that we would do every time. And and um, and then I got interested in playing the guitar and I guess probably in middle school. Um, and I remember thinking, um, man, how cool to be to play guitar for my grandma because she was an incredible singer. Um, I mean, she could walk into a room and and just own it, you know, and I always tell people, like, if I knew what I knew now, I could have made my grandma the most famous gospel music singer on the planet because she had, you know, she absolutely just had it. Um, And, uh, and so, you know, that's when I started learning to play the guitar. And um, there was a man in her group named Tom Perry and Tom had this super cool, just old Washburn 12 string guitar that, that I just dreamed of playing, you know, and, and my grandma ended up buying that guitar from him for me. And and um, and so in high school, I started singing with her group and playing for her. And uh, and, and that's really when it all kind of started. Well, talk more about your musical journey in a bit. But one one story that I haven't heard is your faith journey because you you obviously yeah. grew up in a Christian influence, but we know God doesn't have grandchildren. God only has children. So, you know, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm a preacher's son, but I had to I had to come to to faith on my own, and it it took a while. Yeah. Trust me. But what what was your faith journey like? You obviously grew up around it, as we've been discussing. But but when when did you give your life to Christ, and and what were the circumstances? Yeah, I actually was telling the church we were up in Buckhannon, West Virginia, this past weekend, and and I was telling the church this story. Um, it was I was eight years old, and we were at a church camp in Kentucky, um, and um, and I can literally take you to the tree where it happened. Really, uh, we were we were just there. Um, I don't know, probably seven or eight years ago. And I literally walked my bandmates right to the tree where it happened. Um, I remember it just so plainly. And, and, uh, so we were in our, uh, I, I think it was kind of middle of the week. Um, I can't even tell you the date. I just know I was eight years old, but it was in the middle of the week. And, um, our cabin leader, uh, you know, we would have a, a cabin leader that would stay in our cabin with us. And and um, at the end of the night, just um, I guess we were having a little Bible study. I don't really remember other than he made a comment and said, hey, if you guys um, feel led to get saved, I, you know, I don't even know how he said it, but he opened an invitation and uh, he walked me right outside 
and and we uh he led me to the lord right there in that tree uh, by that tree and and uh and i remember just my grandma and my mom um came to pick me up at the end of the week and i guess it was probably my first big time to ever be away from my family you know um and uh, i remember just running to them and telling them i got saved and and we ended up i got baptized in a creek up a holler um and that following weekend and uh i can remember i i would i would give just about everything i owned to have a video of this but the creek bed you know was that you know we you had to kind of crawl down into the creek bed where where they would baptize and and kind of up on the up on the hill up on the top of the bank i can remember my grandma just shouting and, and praising the lord mm -hmm. uh, when i came out of the water you know man i would i'd give just about anything to have a video of that but um but yeah so that's kind of how it started for me so you know I, I do tell people like i'm almost ashamed to tell you that i've been a christian since i was eight years old only because i i just still feel like such a baby in my faith you know <laughs> i mean do you ever get to where you want to be but you know what i mean so um it, it that started the whole journey for me and and um and so by the time I got in the ninth grade, um, well, I'll tell you this, I, I, I don't get to tell this often. Um, so my mom, um, you know, of course, when I was born, we lived with my, with my grandparents. I mean, that was what you did. And, and, uh, and so when my mom got out of high school, she actually ended up having this really bad motorcycle accident. Um, I never tell this from the stage because it just gets too deep, too heavy, too quick. And people just start crying and, and they think like, oh goodness, where is this going to go? And cause it is sad, but, but there's so many beautiful things that came out of this, but, um, yeah, my mom was literally on a motorcycle and riding up our holler. And, uh, and I would assume most people from where y'all from in your listening area know what a holler is, mm -hmm. but if not, just call your friends. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, she was on a, a bike and, and another motorcycle came around the corner and they hit head on mm. and, uh, she had just this awful wreck and, um, she was literally in a wheelchair for like six months. Um, it was, I, I can remember her having this big long cast on one, on one leg being in a wheelchair. And, and, um, so after that, she ended up moving up to Charleston, West Virginia, which is about an hour away from us and um going to the rehabilitation center and she like went through this like extensive physical therapy and um and ended you know having to learn to walk again and all this and that and and they ended up like uh she started college classes up there and and so you know essentially my mom went away to college and i ended up staying with my grandparents and started kindergarten there and then in the first grade um i remember my grandma set me down telling me uh, your mom, you know, she's got an apartment, she's got a job, um, and it's time to go live with your mom. And I remember thinking, that's a crazy idea. I don't want to do that. You know, I mean, I, this is my home. And mm -hmm. But she just told me, and, and I ah, I remember it so clearly, that she said, you know, you're, you're, you're your mom's, and you got to go live with her. Um, and uh, so I can't even imagine the sacrifice my grandma felt like to to send me off you know um and because we did have a special bond but anyway so i moved up there and my mom and i would come home every weekend i would spend all the holidays 
um, at my grandparents all the summers. I mean, every chance I got, I was at my grandparents and, and, uh, and my, my, my grandparents would come see me all the time. I mean, so we were still very close, you know, um, but that was how it went. So I lived away. Um, and then my mom ended up working for the USDA. She had a great job. I mean, she really did, uh, you know, she just, she was successful and I'm very proud of that because, you know, she had every reason not to be, and she, she wasn't going to let it happen that way. And, um, and so, um, in the ninth grade, her job, uh, she got transferred and we had to move up to Columbus, Ohio. And I did for a little while and I just hated it. I begged her to let me move back with my grandparents and she did. So in the ninth grade, I moved back to my grandparents and, and finished high school there. And my mom ended up moving back my junior year. Um, and she moved in with us and, and, uh, we ended up helping take care of my great grandma who lived with us as well. But mm. so anyway, all that to say in the ninth grade is when it changed for me big time. Um, I got invited to the big Baptist church in town. They had a big youth group because my little church, we, you know, it was the youth group was me and my cousins, you know, I mean, and, uh, I got invited to the big Baptist church in town and, and they had this huge youth group and, and they were having these Bible studies on Wednesday nights, and it just changed my life. And and then they had a praise band a youth group on Sunday nights. I had never seen that before. I didn't know you could have drums in the church. I mean, nobody <laughs> told me, you know. I mean, I, that wasn't the kind of – my grandma, they was like a little country gospel group, you know. Mm -hmm. And and so I'd never seen this. I'd never heard praise and worship music. And, uh, and so that just sent me on a, a whole new journey. And uh, to really dig deeper into the Bible and, and learn so much that way. And and um, and then I always tell people this, you know, the, the craziest thing happened in the ninth grade. Um, this guy comes in, surprises the youth group. Everyone's so excited. I had no idea who it was. I'm literally the only person in the room that doesn't know this guy. And and I realized real quick, like I'm I'm the odd man out for this. And it was Michael W. Smith. Mm. He's from my town. He's from that church. And I had no idea who he was. And so that started a whole new journey of learning about all this new Christian music that I had never heard before. And, and it just sent me and I, I mean, just rocked my world. And, um, and so that really set me on a path um, to where all of a sudden I get in college and we start this band. So Visiting with Jason Lovins of the aptly named Jason Lovins Band. See, I, I call this the Dan Scott Show. That way I don't forget the name. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, I don't know if that's why you call it the Jason Lovins Band or not. I, I was reading, too, <clears throat> that you never really shared your your testimony and the story about your mom uh, and, until you were in college and, and playing uh, at a church one night and, and, and the Lord just led you kind of unexpectedly to share that testimony for the first time. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, I remember lying to people telling them my dad lived in California because I was good enough at geography to know that was far away. And I thought it's just easier to do that because I, I didn't want people to feel sorry for me because even at a young age, I knew I had it good. Uh, I always tell people, my wife tells me, I mean, I was very spoiled and I don't agree with that, but she thinks I was. Um, but I, I had it so good and I was so loved and, 
And even as a kid, you know, when people would hear that story, the automatically the response was like, oh, my goodness. And you poor kid, you know, you must have just had it so hard. And and I didn't I didn't experience that. And so I just was like, I just thought it was easier to do that. And and so um, I would tell people if they asked, but it just wasn't something I, I ever talked about. And mm-hmm. Um, and so when I started the band, we were in front of a little tiny church in Eastern Kentucky one night. And I tell, I tell people this, I, I can't even remember the pastor's name and I can't even remember his face, but I vividly remember him coming to me and telling me, you got to promise me you'll keep sharing that story. Cause that was the first night I had ever shared it. And he said, I don't think you understand what God's going to do with your life but you got to promise me you'll keep sharing it. And, uh, and I have, and, and, um, I I've seen so many stories and, and, um, and that's the beauty of it. I'm, I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with it. I missed the hard part, you know? And so it's easy for me to talk about and, and, and God's really used it. And, and honestly, I mean, I think because I was willing to share it, he's put us on a lot of platforms that, this hillbilly kid probably had no business being. I mean, we've done Billy Graham crusades and I mean, just crazy things that you just would dream of doing. Um, and I know that that a lot of people know my name because of that. And God's made a way to do that. And I'm I'm so thankful for it. But see, the, the key here is you being obedient and faithful to do yeah. what to do what he's called you to do. And and, and he's blessed your ministry. Absolutely. I, I remember I could take you to the day when I had the moment when I said, this is it. I will say yes to every opportunity I can to have this moment. I will chase this moment the rest of my life. And, and we were at a camp leading worship for a bunch of kids. And, and, um, I got to share my story and I saw the response and um and that's when i knew like okay this is this is it and that was uh, a little over 20 years ago the the group that makes up the band now how long uh-huh. how long has this group been together because i know as as we were talking before uh we got rolling here really well that uh it, it's changed up a little bit but how, yeah. how how long has this current group been together? So I'll tell you, because a lot of people don't know, um, the original band in college, we met at our local um, Baptist Student Union. It was the biggest like Christian organization on campus at Moorhead State University mm-hmm. in Eastern Kentucky. Um, and we were just a bunch of guys that went to college there that just, man, we just loved the Lord, didn't really know, loved music, didn't really know what this was going to look like. And you know, worship bands, that was kind of a new thing, you know, and and um, so we met every day at four o'clock at, at, the, at the BSU um, and we were practicing, writing songs, just learning each other and learning to be a band. And and that original band, it was so cool. It, it really kind of had like three lead singers and we would all switch back and forth and sing harmonies and um, just it was so cool. And, uh, and so we got our first booking and we're trying to like dream up, like, what does this look like? And, and, uh, the secretary said, well, I've been calling you guys the four o'clock band for like three months now. Cause we didn't have a band name and we're like, that's perfect. We're going to be the four o'clock band. <laughs> and, uh, 
And so that's how it started. And then uh, we did that first big camp and we started getting invited all over the country because these camps, they were called huge camps. And, and we were in front of hundreds of churches that summer. So they all started asking like, hey, can you come do our event in September? And I just started booking stuff. I didn't even know how we were going to get there. We didn't have anything, but we didn't have a van. I mean, we had nothing. I had my 2002 Honda Accord, you know, and and uh, I just started booking stuff. And, and so that summer we came home and we had all these bookings. We didn't know how we were going to make it happen. But um, that was the, the fall of 2002. And our bass player, he couldn't go. And there was another kid named Jose. So we invited him to go. He's from Venezuela. And he said, hey, I have a friend named Rodney. He's a piano player. He's very good. Uh, he's also from Venezuela. Um, do you want him to go? And we said, sure, bring him. And so Rodney and Jose got in the van with us. We rented a van and um, and never looked back. And, and Rodney is still in the band. Jose just left the band a couple of years ago. Uh, he came off the road to be with his family more. And and uh, and so Rodney is still in the band. He's been going on over 20 years. And uh, and so that's when it started to become the Jason Lovins band because we weren't really the four o'clock band anymore. Mm -hmm. And people were calling us Jason Lovins and then people were calling us Jason Lovins band. And and it just kind of stuck. And um, and so Rodney's been the longest. And then um, our sound guy, Chris Music is his name. He started off as my guitar player and then uh, about a year later went to sound and, and uh, has been with us ever since doing that. And he's been with me over 10 years. Uh, the next one would be uh, Aaron Crozier. He's our drummer and he's been with me going on over six years now. And he's from Kentucky. And then um, the newest one is Jonathan Nicholson. He is our bass player. He took over for Jose. Um, he's much younger than we are. And he uh, grew up in our home church, and and uh, and so he's been going with us a um, little over two years now, I believe. So you can make him carry all the equipment, load everything up, and uh, well, yeah, yeah, he does a lot for us. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, I, I, you know, again, um, I, I have to tell people they need to go to your website and, and need to find out where you're going to be and, and and find out how they can get. Uh, copies of, of what you guys do because the mu music is phenomenal. As we're coming down the stretch here, I want to ask you about one song in particular because uh -huh. you, you've told your story, you've shared your testimony here on this show. You've shared it, I'm sure, in hundreds and maybe thousands of places now, but you'd never shared it through music and through a video until about a year ago when the song Constant right. came out. How, yeah. how, how did all that come about and, and why? Why then? Yeah, so um, for years I've been trying to find something that would work um, to do a video to kind of really tie it all in, and, and nothing just ever felt right. And a friend of mine named Israel Crawford, he posted a video. Um, he's a worship pastor in, in uh, Tennessee. He posted a video at his piano just singing this song, and I immediately sent him a message and I said, Oh my goodness, uh, that's it. That's the song I've been trying to sing for a long time. I said, it's perfect. And he said, man, take it, do what you want to do with it. And, and so we did, we made it our own and, and, um, and we started dreaming up. I mean, the song is just so simple, but it just talks about those mountaintops, the valleys, how God is constant. He's the same. He does, does not change. 
and and God, you are so great either way. And and um, and so the song was actually done. And Rodney, who produces all of our stuff, he and I were going back and forth between a little melody line and and I wanted to do it one way. He wanted the other. And and so we sent it to a few friends of ours and and Russ Lee who's the lead singer of new song, who's been a friend a long time. He's one of the best singers on the planet. Um, I sent it to him. And again, the song was done. I sent it to him and I said, Hey, what do you think about this? And he said, well, I love it, but you should really go up an octave on the second verse. And I said, well, I can't do that. I need you to do that. And he said, well, okay, I will. And I thought, Whoa, wait a minute. I, I wasn't really, I was kind of joking, but um, let's do this. And so we went back in the studio and had Russ record his vocals. And then that's when it morphed into like, okay, we're really going to do something big here. And um, a friend of ours named Caden Tooley, who did our video, he actually is on tour full-time now, and he works full-time for uh, for King & Country. He does all their social media and videos, and he's phenomenal. And he's from here in our area. And uh, so he dreamed up this concept and, and I thought, this is it. This is, this is how we're going to do this. And, and it just turned out so good and we're so proud of it. And, um, and my wife and I, we never could have kids, but we have some kids that we just know and love. And, and the girl that's in that video is, is my goddaughter. She, her name's Alexis. And um, we've just, you know, about half raised her her whole life. And she was a, uh, just graduated, I believe, about to graduate or just graduate high school when we did that video. And uh, I didn't know if she would even, if she could do it. I, I said, Hey, I, I don't know if you can pull this off, but you want to play my mom in a video. And she did and just did a great, great job. And and so we're very proud of how that turned out and, and um, just the Lord's really used it. So we're very thankful. It, it, it's amazing. Uh, I watched it a little earlier and, and it is a powerful powerful piece of video to go along with the music jason as we get ready to to wrap this up um obviously god's got you doing what you're intended to do you you've got bookings and you're going to be on the road you're going to be blessing people with your music and sharing sharing your story and and doesn't seem to be any any end in sight to it right now but what what's the overarching message that you want people to get out of who you are and what you do and, and everything that, that your story encapsulates. What, what's the, what's the overarching message or theme that you want people to get out of who Jason Lovins is? Man, that's, that's a great question. That's a, that's a deep question. Uh, um, you know, we, we have this song called, I want to be known that, that my cousin and I wrote about my grandma and um, you know, obviously she was a huge influence on my life. I mean, I literally talked to her every day. Um, if she was still living, she would get on that bus and go with us anytime she could. I mean, she used uh, before our bus, I mean, and before her health started to decline, I mean, she would get in the van and go and work our merch table for us. I mean, I've got pictures of her, uh, working my merch table before she got bad and she started getting early stages of dementia and uh, she never got real bad uh, thankfully before she passed but um, we sang this song at her funeral and um, 
and it you couldn't have a conversation with my grandma for more than seconds and somehow she would find a way to point you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like anything and everything she did um, would point to Jesus. And I'm not saying I've done a pretty good job of that, but, but that's really the goal. I mean, I want people to look at this ministry, this band and, and, you know, um, the one thing that we get compliments on a lot is is somehow we find a way to um, to really reach all ages, and, um, and and so that's been my biggest thing. I mean, you know, you hear people say things that you just can't believe, but you're thankful for that. You guys are really a band for the church, and and you know, um, so when we go in, I mean, anything and everything we do, I mean, we just want to point to Jesus. I mean, it's it sounds so super spiritual, but also so simple, but it's really just the truth. I mean, I want people to say when my time on this earth was done, that man, it just seemed like anything and everything he did uh, pointed to the Lord. And, and, um, and that's my heart, you know, I mean, um, I gave up a long time ago on trying to be a super famous rock star, you know? Um, And uh, so whatever setting we're in, whether it's a big crusade or a little tiny church up the holler. I mean, we, we, we literally take the same approach. Um, we're going to try to facilitate a worship experience and, and hopefully point people to Jesus to when they walk out, they feel like they had a, they had an encounter, you know, and, and, um, and music, um, you know, it's pretty neat that it can do that. Um, and the Lord uses that. And, and we're just thankful that he uses us through our music. And so, um, man, just so thankful. I really am. And, you know, um, you said it, but um, just being faithful. Um, if there's ever anything I've done well, I've, I've just said yes. And I went even when it didn't, didn't make sense. And I could tell you a thousand stories of how the Lord has used that. And, and so, um, you know, that's the thing, man, just, just thankful. And I've been faithful and it's been an incredible journey. And, you know, we do, we feel like we're just getting started, which is just crazy, you know, because I'm not getting any younger, you know. I had to laugh a little bit because none of us are getting any younger. But God will equip us, he will strengthen us, he will energize us to allow us to continue to do what he has called us to do as long as he wants us to do it. And the Jason Lovins man right now showing no signs of slowing down. They've got a new album that is very close to being finished. Uh, you can follow them on uh, jasonlovins.com, L-O-V-I-N-S. Search the Jason Lovins Band on social media. And you can keep up with what they're doing there. And uh, just, again, thank you to Jason for his willingness to continue to be obedient and share the testimony of, of the miracle that he is thanks to the decision that his mother made all those years ago. Quick break, and we will come back and put a wrap on this week's show right after this. Teenage boys and young men today are in crisis. Statistics show that a home without a father or male role model present is the single biggest indicator of poverty, behavior issues, drug and alcohol abuse, criminal activity, and yes, imprisonment. At Grand Slam Ministries, one of our core missions is developing a mentorship program to teach boys how to become strong Christian men and then teach those men to be the biblical husbands, fathers, and church and community leaders the Bible calls us to be. We need your prayers, 
We need your ideas, and we need your support. Visit our website, grandslamministries.org, to find out more about our mentorship mission and prayerfully consider how you may be able to assist us. Again, that website is grandslamministries.org. Follow us on social media. Search Grand Slam Ministries on Facebook and Grand Slam for God on Twitter. And don't forget Dan's personal and public figure sites on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You're listening to The Dan Scott Show, presented by Grand Slam Ministries. Final segment of this week's show, episode 43, about 90 seconds before we have to get out of here. Again, thank you to Jason Lovins of the Jason Lovins Band. JasonLovins.com, L-O-V-I-N-S. You can find out everything you need to know about he and his band there, social media. Be on the lookout for the new album. Fantastic praise and worship music, and man, what a testimony. As we look forward to next week and... The, the doors God has opened for the show to expand. I want to make sure here at the end of this program that I offer my heartfelt thank you to our existing affiliates. 94.5 FM, The Answer, our flagship at the beginning. Last week was their final week. But for our other 12 affiliates who have been with us from the beginning or very early on in this thing, I can't thank you enough for your faithfulness in staying with us And I can only pray that as this thing continues to grow, that you'll stay along. God will continue to not only bless what we're doing here, but bless you for your faithfulness as well. And continue to share with the stories and comments that you're getting from your listeners. We need to hear those, good or bad. But we like the good ones, right? But thank you all from the bottom of my heart. We'll see you again next week. Until then, I'm Dan. God bless you so long, everybody.